Last Sunday morning, a few things happened, and in the, I suppose, from then until probably Tuesday night, I was very dissatisfied with last Sunday morning. I knew there was something there. I knew that Walsh and Keysmat had something to say. Um, as a kind of a copying their book, it was there. Um, give it maybe a bit of, there was something about it that made me think we just can't go on to the next few verses and leave this subverting the empire thing. I was very uneasy about it. And as we left over Sunday and maybe Monday, I was thinking, where do we go? Well, I suppose one of the things I discovered in the midst of it, bless you, you're going to have to come to terms with it, um, 14 months in, it's too late now, but I suppose I realized that when Roberta and I sat down and I said, okay, let me give you the six series in Colossians that we're going to do between now and whenever, that really, sorry, it's not going to be stopped. We opened something up like last week and I'm off somewhere else. Same book, same ideas, same themes, but I'm not going to just be able to take the next little chunk and follow it through. So that's all very well and I'm very uneasy, as you can tell from the start of this sermon. And then we had the moderator of the General Assembly with the Clonard Fitzroy on Tuesday night. About 80 of us uh, met upstairs in the Alexander Hall. And it was a fascinating night on a, a few, in a few ways, I think. Uh, wonderful to see uh, something that the Clonard Fitzroy were doing still vibrant with that many people feeling that the events that they're putting on are meaningful. Um, Norman was excellent. But he was coming out of that event last week where there was a few letters in the newsletter saying nice or not so nice things about him later in the week. As he walked in, he says, I'm just off the telephone from somebody. And you could tell that he was um, disturbed by that. And as he started to speak, I think there was one moment when I kind of half looked at Patricia saying, and Patricia looked up at me and we were kind of thinking, is this about subverting the empire that he's talking about. As he talks about sectarianism and the need for reconciliation, is there something in this that feeds us back to Sunday? And I really think that there is. Because it suddenly dawned on me as I started to take that away from Tuesday night, that what I said last Sunday morning was that the people in uh, Colossae were under all of these dominant images of empire that kept them in place, that stole their imagination. And that Paul in this passage in Colossians 1 was trying to give them an alternative imagining so that they could rise above that and live beyond the domination of the earthly empire. And suddenly I thought about us. There's an American singer called Peter Case, really good singer-songwriter. I think Willie and John Trender. There's a few of you. Peter Case. And Peter stayed with us a number of years ago, and as when singers come into town, I do, I take them on the Shankill Falls journey. And we got in the car and we went up and around and we were coming down the Shankill, I think, and we were looking at one more mural of balaclava-headed gunmen. And Peter in his sort of, well, he's from the West Coast, but has lived most of his life, from the East Coast, but lived most of his life in the West Coast, in a Californian kind of way, said, 
how would your life be if you kicked your football against those walls every day of your childhood? The images of the empire. Or I, who am slightly, you've caught on, different than the garden Presbyterian minister, where in my house, sorry, they knew that the green, white, and gold flag was their flag before they got came to terms with the fact they had two flags. So it's not as if in our house I have problems with those green, white, and orange colours. But one night, while I was in Antrim, I think, I tried to take the over-the-mountain way to Belfast because I had time and ended up late because I got very lost in the middle of West Belfast. And even I, who am more than comfortable with those colours, was a little bit intimidated by the images around me. Or, as I say to some people, where does it begin? Laugh if we will, but think about it seriously. A pair of Glasgow Rangers slippers when you're a two-year-old child. Or Glasgow Celtic slippers when you're a two-year-old child. Images of the empire begin to creep in. So on Tuesday night, I started to ask myself, is sectarianism something of an empire? What has it done to us to live under all the symbolism that we've lived under if we've been brought up in Northern Ireland? And is there any ways in which it has taken us captive? And then my mind, as you can tell, was doing a bit of racing. It might be Leonard Cohen's fault because he was being creative on the other hand. I remembered that amazing moment in the Truman Show, the movie. I hate Jim Carrey, but he's been in two of my favourite movies. Bruce Almighty, and we've done all that. Probably will again, but we've done it for the meantime. And The Truman Show. The Truman Show, for those who haven't seen it, or those who need reminded, this guy's born on a soap opera. The soap opera is based around him. He lives his entire life on a soap opera daily TV set. His mother's an actor. His family are actors. His wife's an actor. There's even little moments in the kitchen where she sells you crunchy nut cornflakes while he's having his breakfast. He's unaware of it completely. But everybody in his world is an actor. And everything is as scripted as it can be based around a real human who doesn't know. But a few little editorial slip-ups and suddenly he begins to ask a few questions about the world that he's in and eventually the climax of the movie <clears throat> Truman is trying to seal his way to some kind of freedom eventually going up stairways into a bright light of some kind of heavenly other world freedom. In the midst of that climactic <clears throat> what's going to happen the producer is asked how has Truman not caught on until now? And he says these words. We accept 
the reality of the world with which we are presented. We accept the reality of the world with which we are presented. Take it away from Truman for a moment, why don't we? And ask ourselves, do we accept the reality of the world that we've been presented with? So when it comes to the images, sectarian images, that have shone down, shone, uh, shadowed down on us, or shone down on us, whatever one we want to see it as, have we accepted the reality of that world which we're presented by? It came to mind to me once, Janice and I were going to a wedding in South Armagh, and we were driving through South Armagh, again, not the kind of territory a North Antrim man is in regularly. And there was an unease about not knowing where you were, and you knew that this was not where you grew up, or some of the images, again, were slightly different than Cullybaggy and Gilgorm. And I remember thinking, if I'd been born in that little village in the middle of South Armagh, would I have, as a seven or eight-year-old, said, you know what, this Irish nationalism, really, logically and rationally, it can't be the right way. I want to join the orange. Why is it that everybody born under those colours think under those colours, and why is it that everybody born under those colours think under those colours? Could it be that we accept the reality of the world with which we are presented? And of course, for many people, that's fine. But sadly, we made a decision this morning. We were going to get up we were going to go to church because we believe that there's another reality. We believe that we want to follow Jesus, which means that every reality that we're presented with has to take a critique. And this brings us all back to Colossians because it seems to me, and Walsh and Keysmat, that one of Paul's overriding obsessions in this book is knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Chapter 1 and verse 9, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Chapter 1 verse 25, to present to you the word of God in all its fullness, the word of God, the message, the beliefs of the alternative empire. Verse 28 of chapter 1. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Again, there's a battle going on for the mind and Paul wants to win that battle. Chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. My goal is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that we may have the full riches of complete understanding. Again, not, and this is an interesting thing and I think in this one, not just saying it's all the mind, but actually starting with the heart. But the heart and the mind are the two places or the two experiences that we've got to have in some kind of balance if we're going to take the message and make it into wisdom and understanding. In whom we are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, the Christ that we've been singing about, the Christ of chapter 1. I tell you this so that you, no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. And then in chapter 2 and verse 8, 
this is where I want to come under the empire of sectarianism. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than of Christ. Could it be, could it be that sectarianism <clears throat> has caused us to take on hollow and deceptive philosophies that override what the biblical mandate is? Chapter 3, if we want to go on, set your minds on things above. Let the message of Christ, the Word of God, dwell in you richly. Before I move on to could we be deceptive here, Philip Barnes, Faith and Trial, Sunday week, crucial to all of this. Because now in our Sunday evening events, we are trying to do the head and the heart collective of things, a holistic approach to what it is to be a follower of Jesus, the contemplative, the worshiping with an alternative hymn book, the faith and trial, Philip Barnes, the Christian mind, very important in the light of the morning series that we're doing. But how could we have been taken deceptive? Well, I want to go back to Norman's phone call. Norman said when he came in, oh, I'm just off the phone with somebody, and I said, what happened? He said, well, I was seen in a photograph with Jerry Adams. And I said, oh, no wonder you're getting phone calls. And then my mum arrived up on Thursday, and she said, oh, I see your moderator's getting a hard time. And I said, what? She says, there's the paper. There was two letters with this exact photograph in it. And I started to unpack this moderator getting into trouble for having a meeting with Jerry Adams. Do you know what the meeting was about? Anti-sectarianism and how we could move it forward. Seems ironic. <laughs> but I started to think, would Jesus have got a phone call? Remember, we were looking at it in Mark, probably way back and even up in the hall at the start of last year. That time when he met that Roman centurion, and the Roman centurion said, would you heal my servant? And Jesus says, I'll come with you and do that. And the Roman centurion says, oh, you don't need to come and do that. You can do it from here. Jesus said, your servant's healed. And never in all of Israel have I found such faith. In that moment, when he said that to a Roman centurion that was hanging Jews on trees willy-nilly through night and day, Jesus made Norman Hamilton look like a wee liberal fence-sitter. How dare he talk to a Roman centurion like that? This is the enemy. This man's killing our people. Faith in all Israel. He would have got a phone call because he was under the sectarianism of the empire as is the phone calls, or as are the phone calls to Norman. Because what they've done is, and this is crucial, and we're going in the midst of this seemingly political rant from Stockman, come to a really very basic theological concept. The truth is that the images of the empire of sectarianism has caused us to send askew some of the very basic doctrines of the gospel. You see, you shouldn't speak to that man because that man hasn't repented. Ooh, seems like biblical material. Ooh, I've heard that plenty of times coming out of the Christian church. Ooh, is that not right? No. You see, there is where we've been taken deceptive by the hollowness of the philosophies of sectarianism. Because what people have done when they've rung Norman is, they have not th thought we need to be biblical about this. 
They have thought we need to defend our sectarian side on this. And if we're wanting to defend our sectarian side in this, we need to tweak the Scriptures so that they still sound right, but they defend our side. And they don't come into any kind of concept of grace. You see, it seems to me that repentance has somehow become more important than grace in the empire of sectarianism. And listen to this one good. Grace is not the sin breaker. Oh, sorry. Grace is the sin breaker. Repentance is not the sin breaker. It's not repentance that's going to break Jerry Adams free from sin or Norman Hamilton free from sin or Steve Stockman free from sin. And who are we to judge where the three of those people are on that particular journey of being broken free? The thing that's going to break us free from sin is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ interrupting the way we live our lives to turn us around. And that grace will give us the energy and the courage to repent. But it does not start with repentance. So Norman, reaching out by grace to his enemy, is the alternative imagining. And he got what you need to expect if you dare to follow Jesus. And that's the challenge. Where have we accepted the reality of the world that we've been given to such a point where it has sent askew the very theology that we think we hold to? When did human effort and works of repentance Save us above the grace and the work of the Jesus of Colossians chapter 1. Then we've got to live by it. Make every effort to live at peace with all men and women. It's there, seeping its way into so many areas of the New Testament. Love your neighbor as yourself. Blessed are the peacemakers. Subversive acts, crossing boundaries, blurring the scene. So, as we sum up, just a few. Norman didn't leave us with tangible, you do this. He sees it a little bit more mysterious than that. The future, there's questions to be asked. We've got to find ways to bring this reconciliation, if that's even the word that Norman doesn't, isn't even sure that we should be using anymore. But I started to ask, what ways can we get rid of this sectarianism within our empire? David Ford, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> um, either pushing Sinn Féin that have pushed earlier on, or the alliance that I'm about to push now, or any other party. In fact, one of the things we're coming to next is Norman did suggest that all Christians should be floating voters. If the empire has told you how to vote, get out of the ways of the empire and read every manifesto and see which one's the most Christian manifesto before you vote. Don't think that one of them might be on your side. 
So with that in mind, David Ford came to our students about eight years ago, and he said to us this, he said, never write whether you're Protestant or Catholic on anything that comes through from the government. Sorry, Neil. Um, Anything that comes from Stormont, just don't declare, because the reason that they want us to declare is so that we can build a swimming pool on this side and another swimming pool on this side. Not so that we could build a swimming pool that both sides could go to. The very fabric of what we're trying to do with this fairness is sectarian. It's the empire. We need an alternative way. No floating voters. Another thing is breaking city slippers when you're three. Sorry, they're another football team as opposed to Rangers or Celtic. Trying to break out of, you know, you meet somebody and they say to me, I'm a Man United fan. And I says, Protestant Man United fan, I bet you sport Rangers as well. Now, they took a lot of thinking there. Well, you must have took ours to come down to a wee bit of alternative thinking, you know? Instead of red, sky blue. Anyway, don't get into that one. But different ways to approach it. I used to try and stir it up a little bit with the students. When I thought they were in for a few weeks and we went to play football, I would throw in my Antrim Gaelic top, see what response that would get. Usually a reaction of some sort. Why are you wearing that? I'm from Antrim. I wouldn't be wearing a county down one now, would I? <laughs> you see? How you name your child? Father Gary and I used to sit at graduation. We used to laugh our heads off like, Charles William Edward Smythe, Seamus Rory Daclan McCrority. Sectarianism, rife in all the things that we're trying to do. Speak the language like we do here. Some of us do, not me. Shinowell, that's it. Mark knows it. Get involved in the culture of it. Cross boundaries, not because we're going to do it as a project. There was a guy came around our house one night and he said, um, get this new organization, we're going to bring peace to Ireland. And I said, oh, great. He says, how are you going to do it? He said, well, we're going to go across to West Belfast and we're going to sit with a few people who are nationalists and talk to them. I said, great, like Tim does. And he said, who's Tim? And I said, Tim lives with us. He's Janice's cousin. He's an Irish dancer. He teaches Irish flute uh, or Irish whistle. And he, he moves in that circle all the time. Do you want to go with him? doesn't do it because it's a project. He just does it. Breaking down the sectarian barrier. Because as Norman said on Sunday night, Sectarianism is sin. And therefore, we need to be about breaking down the sin. And to do it, we're going to have to have this Christian mind that is so important in Colossians to Paul, based around this alternative thinking that is so important in that verses 15 to 20 in chapter 1, so that we see that Jesus is Lord above all the dominant images. We need to transcend all the earthly empires and bring kingdom thinking to absolutely everything we do.